Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is January 15th, and our reading comes from Matthew chapter 10. Now, one of the things that we've seen the last couple of days is Matthew's passion for evangelism. He knows what it's like to be an outsider, to be rejected by the religious community, to be rejected by his family, to be rejected by culture. And yet Jesus came looking for Matthew and it transformed his life. And one of the things that we've seen over the last couple of days is that Jesus is so concerned about those who are outsiders, those who do not know God, those who are suffering. And Matthew just sees that, and he's writing his story. He's given an eyewitness account of the heart and the life, the ministry of Jesus. And Matthew just notices over and over again how Jesus sees hurting, lost humanity. Jesus, listen, Jesus sees you. And Matthew's encouraging us. Jesus is encouraging us to join him on mission. In fact, remember what Jesus said in Matthew 4.19? If you follow me, you're going to become a fisher of men. And what we've seen the last couple of days is that Jesus is out fishing for men. He's looking for people who will hear the message, come back to God. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he's empowered the disciples to go out into the mission field to join him in this mission of reaching people for Christ. And listen, he's invited all of us. That's what the Great Commission's about. That's why we have been left here. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all the nations. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall be a witness. So God's calling all of us to be involved in his mission. And yesterday we talked about what does that look like? It means that we're looking around us at work and in our families and in our neighborhoods and all the different places where we go and we have relationships and we're rubbing shoulders with people every day. We're looking for those opportunities to talk about our faith, to talk about what Jesus has done for us and looking for people who are open to our message, open to our witness, who we can introduce to Jesus. Okay. Now the truth is when we talk about all of that in American culture, It's a little scary because we're afraid if we share our faith and we talk about Jesus, people will think that we're a religious weirdo, that we might get canceled, that we may be persecuted in some way, that it might cost us some cool points, right? But at the end of the day, what Jesus is going to teach us today is that we've got to be willing to put the kingdom of God and the spiritual condition of men and women, the people we know and love around us, we've got to put that ahead of our comfort, our reputation, at times, even our safety. Watch what he says. We're in Matthew chapter 10, beginning in verse 24. These are such encouraging verses that I think give us some perspective, especially as Americans. Watch this. Students are not greater than their teacher. And slaves are not greater than their masters. 
Students are to be like their teacher, and slaves are to be like their master. And since I, the master of the household, have been called the prince of demons, the members of my household will be called even worse names. So they called Jesus the prince of demons. They called Jesus the devil. Then sometimes they'll call us the devil, and we should know that and, and shouldn't be surprised and shouldn't panic, and, and we shouldn't allow it to silence us. Verse 26, don't be afraid of those who threaten you, for the time is coming when everything that is covered will be revealed, and all that is secret will be made known to all. What I tell you now in darkness, shout abroad when the daytime comes. But what I whisper in your ear, shout from the housetops for all to hear. So as we're walking with God, let's share out of our spiritual journey what Jesus has done for us and what Jesus is doing in us. Let's not keep that private. Faith is not private. It is. Let's go public with our faith, right? Let's make sure everybody knows that we're a Christian, that we love Jesus, and we love people, and we are not ashamed of that. Verse 28, don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They can't touch your soul. Fear only God, who can destroy both body and soul in hell. What is the price of two sparrows, one copper coin? But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. And the very, listen, the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You're more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. So listen, Jesus says, don't be afraid even if you potentially lose your life for being a witness to Jesus. And I love this verse. He says, even the hairs of your head are numbered. That God is intimately acquainted with you. That God sees you. That God's watching over you. God sees your suffering. And God doesn't rescue us always from our suffering. In fact, all the disciples, the group that Jesus is talking about when in this passage, talking to in this passage, all the disciples were killed for being a witness to Jesus. That's what a martyr is. They were all martyred for their faith. But Jesus says, listen, don't be afraid of those who can kill the body. Let's fear God who has power over our physical and our spiritual life. But remember, God is watching over you. God has every hair on your head numbered. Verse 32, everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But everyone who denies me here on earth, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Man, what a strong warning. He says, if you are a witness for me, if you acknowledge me, you tell people about me, then one day I'm going to tell my Father about you. But if we fail to tell people about Jesus... If we deny our faith, Jesus says one day when we're standing before the Father, I will deny you in heaven. Man, what a strong warning. So let's be telling people about Jesus. Verse 34, don't imagine that I came to bring peace on earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. I've come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Your enemies will be 
right in your own household. But if you love your father or mother more than you love me, you're not worthy of being mine. And if you love your son or daughter more than me, you're not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you're not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Isn't that interesting? Jesus says, I didn't come to bring peace, but Galatians 5.22 says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, right? So what's Jesus talking about here? What Jesus is talking about is when we make a decision to follow Jesus, when we begin to live for Jesus, when we embrace biblical truth, biblical morality, biblical ethics, when we begin to live that way, the truth is there is a group of people, and sometimes it's our own family who will reject us, who will reject our lifestyle. And the reason is, is because the light of Jesus in us is shining light on their darkness, and they love darkness more than the light. And so we just have to understand that. And so sometimes our witness is divisive. Sometimes our witness is offensive. Now, I want to be careful not to be offensive because I'm just being a jerk. Now, that's not acceptable. You never see Jesus doing that. But sometimes the fact that I love Jesus and I'm living a certain way is offensive to those who want their immoral, rebellious, independent lifestyle to be validated and justified. And my life doesn't do that. My life actually does the opposite. My life turns the light on and exposes the foolishness and the brokenness of secular humanism. And so when that happens, those who have idolized secular humanism, those who have idolized their secular ethic, often want to attack and put out the light. And Jesus says, listen, you just have to know that, that that's part of it. That's a a, a reality, and, and there's really no way to avoid it. And he says, so you've got to love me. Think about this. You've got to love me more than your spouse, more than your kids, more than your comfort, more than pleasure, more than safety, more than your friends. We have to love Jesus first. The greatest commandment is to love the Lord our God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We've got to put Jesus first. So many people have been in church in American culture and they call themselves Christians and they may be Christians, but they've never learned to put Jesus first. And listen, here's what Jesus says. Jesus says, unless you love me first, unless you take up your cross, if you try to cling to hold on to your life, well, you'll lose your life. But if you lose your life for my sake, if you'll put me first, if you'll allow your life to revolve around me and my kingdom, then you will find life. See, so many people say, well, I've tried the whole Christian thing and it didn't work. No, no, no. They didn't try the Christian thing 
That's not what they tried at all. They tried religion. They dabbled in religion, and the brand of religion they chose was Christian. But they didn't try what Jesus is describing here, where he is first, he is center, and everything else in my life revolves around Jesus. And when I live that way, guess what? I find life. That's where life is found. And so we have to put Jesus first, our first love. Then in chapter 11, Jesus describes, Matthew describes this story, and it's so fascinating. Watch this. When Jesus had finished giving these instructions to his 12 disciples, he went out to teach and preach in the towns throughout the region, and John the Baptist, who was in prison. And remember, he's a cousin of Jesus. Jesus said about John, he's the greatest man who's ever lived. What a, what a great accommodation, right? And yet, he's in prison, and Jesus isn't doing anything. And so John the Baptist heard about all these things Jesus was doing. So he sent some of his disciples to Jesus to ask, are you the Messiah we've been expecting or should we look for someone else? In other words, if you're not going to come get me out of prison, how can I believe that you're actually the Savior, the Messiah? Jesus told him, go back to John and tell him what you have heard and seen, the blind see, the lame walk. Those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is preached to the poor. And then he added, watch, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. See, sometimes if we're not careful, when our circumstances are not going the way we hoped, the way we expected, the way we dreamed, the way we planned, we get mad at God. Why aren't you coming? If you're the Messiah, if you're the Savior, if I serve you, why aren't you fixing my circumstances? That's exactly what John the Baptist is asking. And Jesus says he was the greatest man who ever lived. And so Jesus says to John, you'll be blessed if you don't fall away on account of me. In other words, you'll be blessed if you don't lose your faith, even when you can't see, even when you don't understand even when I don't fix your circumstances, even when I don't do for you what you think I ought to do for you, if you can hang on to your faith in that moment, man, you've got it. Don't fall away because I don't come running to fix your circumstances. I am working for a bigger kingdom. I've got the bigger picture in mind. I've got a bigger agenda than your circumstances. You can trust me. So let's hang on to our faith no matter what's happening in our circumstances. And let's be a bold witness for Jesus. Let me pray for you. Father, what an encouraging, challenging word today. Lord, help us to be a faithful, a bold, a consistent witness to tell people about all that you've done for us. God, to look for those open doors. Give us courage, no matter what we suffer, to stand up for Jesus. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Hope that encourages and challenges you today. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.